Hello again, sports fans, and welcome to episode 10 with Sports Talk with Rags. And today, our guest is, uh, for you uh, ACC basketball fans out there, you might uh, recognize the name, and also uh, Atlanta Hawks uh, announcer here with, with FSN South since uh, 96. Today, we have Bob Rathbun with us. Uh, Bob, how you doing today? Very good. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. And, uh, can we, um, like to, uh, start off here with your, uh, with your career path here. Uh, I see that you started announcing, uh, for Richmond Braves, Tidewater Tides, uh, ACC. So, uh, give the fans a little, uh, introduction here of uh where where you've been well i first came to norfolk in 1978 um it was my first big job i had graduated college in 76 and worked in my hometown and came to norfolk um dicky frame was the general manager of wtar radio and and he was uh, kind enough to invite me up an audition and um, i went to work at wtar he hired me to do William and Mary football and Old Dominion basketball and studio work at TAR. And then I also sold airtime when I first started. And ultimately I got out of sales because I took over the Tidewater Tides in 1980, in addition to the other clubs. And so that's how I got started and have a lot of fond memories. Uh, back then, uh, WTAR was uh, a giant in AM radio in Norfolk and Hampton roads. And, um, you know, we were all in the same building uh, with Channel 3 and, and the FM station, WLTY. So we really uh, had a lot of fun. We were all together. It was one big happy family and just had a, a great time. Uh, branched off into television after a while and, and started working for the predecessor to Masson. It was called Home Team Sports and out of D.C. and did a lot of college games, um, basketball, what have you, and uh, started, you know, doing more and more television. And uh, ultimately got on to ESPN and CBS and been at it ever since. I've been in Atlanta now 25 years. Yes. Yes. And uh, let's see. So uh, let's see. 1980, you were uh, the voice of the Tidewater Tide. So that was uh, that was there at uh, Met Park. And uh, let's see. And then you also uh, worked for uh, Channel 3 coming back and uh, – Working for WTKR uh, for for a couple years. I did. I anchored um, first. I started in the mornings on the morning show. That then I think it was on from six to seven, and of course they all come on so much earlier now. But uh, six to seven, and then um, then I I went to the daytime. I went to like five, six, and eleven, and uh, had a blast. You know, um, I so sad about losing, you know, Jane Gardner and Ed Hughes and all the gang that we worked with. And, uh, but just had a blast, just had a lot of fun. And I had the best of both worlds because I could do the anchoring. I did, uh, the games right along. They were kind enough to let me continue to do play by play. So I still did the admirals and I did, uh, uh, the ACC games on TV, what have you. So it was really a lot of fun and, uh, enjoyed my time very much. Right. Yes. And, 
so I've been living in the uh, Norfolk area since uh, 87. And with my dad being a retired military, he was uh, stationed on a Coast Guard ship in the early early 90s. And uh, Ed Hughes uh, came down came down to the ship do uh, do a couple interviews of the of the crew. And uh, Channel Three was very very supportive of the military here in the uh, Norfolk area. And, As they should. Uh, right, yes. And you bring up uh, the admirals uh, recently, uh, the uh, the owner, uh, Blake Blake Cullen, he just um, he just recently passed away. He did. One of my closest friends. And it was it was sad for us all because, um, you know, for those of us, we stayed in touch. I mean, we talked all the time and. You know, he suffered a devastating stroke about nine years ago and never could quite get it back, um, try as he might, uh, with a lot of rehab. And I think, you know, the one thing about Blake is that he was in such fantastic shape. He was an avid runner, and I think his great health allowed him to even survive the stroke and um, gave him a chance at rehab. And it was, you know, it was okay for a while, but uh, it just as the years went by and he just could not move like he wanted to, uh, it was sad uh, to see what happened to him because he's so independent, so athletic, so sharp and sharp, you know, right to the end and meant so much to, to Norfolk, not only the admirals and what they became, but what it meant for downtown Norfolk. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure the tides would have moved uh, to a downtown ballpark. I'm not sure that there would have been the downtown renovation, uh, without the Admiral's success. I mean, he turned that entire downtown around and uh, one of my dearest, closest friends. And uh, it was very, very sad a couple weeks ago when we lost him. Yes. And uh, let's see. So with uh, living here since 87 and working, uh, working in downtown Portsmouth since 97, I've um, been involved with the Portsmouth sports club. I mean, pre pre COVID we don't have the meetings like we like we used to, uh, but uh, one of the one of the speakers prior to COVID was uh, Pat Cavanaugh, who's uh -huh. now the owner of the uh, Admirals and the head coach is Rod Taylor. So a couple of the uh, former Admirals uh, back at it. Yeah, they played uh, when I was doing the games. Right, and you know the thing about those two guys. Uh, they learned from Blake and from John Brophy. And if they will just emulate what they did, the blueprint for this franchise, you, they cannot fail. Um, that's the kind of, and I know times have changed. It's been a long time right. uh, and things have changed, but the running of a, of a minor league sports team has not. Uh, the, the same things that Blake did will work today as they worked back then. And that's to give people a great product at a fair price, good entertainment and a good team. And the people will come. Right. Yes. And uh, let's see. And so uh, let's, so with, uh, with your uh, Norfolk uh, connection, uh, also see that you, uh, you did some announcing there, there at the diamond with the, uh, with the Richmond Braves. Uh, when, um, when did you do the announcing there at the Diamond? Yeah, I after we came back from Detroit, I was there like in the summer of 94 and 5. Uh, 90, no, let's see, 90, 95 and 96. 
right. uh, before I came to Atlanta to do the parade from the Hawks. So uh, we were living in Newport News at that time. And uh, so I made like our drive up to right. uh, Richmond and, uh, and did the games. Uh, Bruce Baldwin was the general manager and he was kind enough to let me sit in and do a couple innings a night and had, had a lot of fun with Robert Fish. Right. Yes. Yeah. And um, let's see, uh, my brother uh, played baseball, William and Mary in the early nineties. And one of his teammates, uh, Adam Butler um, played a few years with the Braves and uh, was a, uh, between uh, AAA and the major league team, they're they were in '98, so uh, plenty of times uh, drive 64 there to uh, there to the diamond before the right. uh, Richmond Braves left to Gwinnett. So, uh, so you've gone to um, well. Also, before we move on to Atlanta, I also see that you in 2008 you got inducted into the uh, Virginia Sports. Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. I did, and uh, it w- it meant so much to me. Um, I have so many fond memories of my time in Virginia. Uh, 14 years on the air, uh, radio and TV, and just had an absolute blast. And it's, it's something I'm very, very proud of. Uh, I thank them as often as I can uh, for, for thinking of me and, uh, and putting me in the Hall of Fame with a lot of great media members uh, that have come through Virginia over the years. And, you know, those guys, both writers and broadcasters, uh, were just such dear friends. You know, guys like, you know, George McClellan and Bill Millsap and Bill Brill, you know, just going across the state. Uh, right. These guys meant the world to me. And then, you know, just a ton of great broadcasters, obviously, uh, that that uh, came through not only Hampton Roads, but also the entire state. And it was my privilege to get to know them and learn from them and work with a lot of them. And uh, so I am forever indebted uh, to the people of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame. And I went into the Hampton Roads Media Hall of Fame as well. And that means a great deal too. Yes, and uh, let's see, with um, volunteering at uh, Western Branch High School Varsity Baseball, uh, doing uh, the stats there, doing the stats at uh, for varsity football here, here in the Tidewater area, uh, have uh, I've uh, gotten to be friends with uh, Adam Winkler, the sports director now at uh, WTKR Channel Three, and uh, a couple years ago, uh, the uh, weekend guy at uh, WTKR Channel Three was was Mitch Brown, and got uh, got to become friends with him, and those two uh, ended up being on the show. Uh, to uh, talk about March Madness here, as we uh, we had a couple shows right before the tournament started. Nice, nice. but uh, hey, so uh, all right, so so we've talked about your uh, connection here with uh, Hampton Roads in uh, Virginia, and then and then you went to Atlanta, where you're uh, currently the uh, voice of the Atlanta Hawks since since '96, and you. Uh, you also uh, started announcing uh, for the Atlanta Braves there in the late '90s, early 2000s. So uh, tell the tell the listeners here with uh, your connection here with the Atlanta sports teams. Sure. Well, I did both teams for ten years. Uh, our network had rights to both. Uh, this was at a time when the Braves were still on TBS. But we had a uh, game a week on Wednesday nights 
and uh, Sports South was owned by Turner at the time and then uh, became Fox Sports. And that uh, that was great fun. You know, we did a ton of games and had a blast. I worked with Ernie Johnson Sr. I worked with Tom Pachorik and Jeff Torborg and Brett Butler and Al Downing and just had a wonderful time doing the Braves. It was in their heyday when they were winning all those division titles and every night it was either – uh, Smoltz or Maddox or Glavin or Avery or, you know, one of those great pitchers going to work. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the Braves down here in Atlanta are immensely popular through the entire Southeast. So it was a lot of fun. And I was Hawks and we did every Hawks game. Uh, and I have done every Hawks game for basically 25 years. And we still do every game now. Uh, I was forced to give up the Braves because we, we got the entire Braves package. So, you know, one year I did both and that was, that was too much. You know, the Braves wanted their own announcers because I would miss the first two months of the season. You know, I'd miss April and May and March, a lot of spring training. So I just do the Hawks now and college sports and I have a full plate do TBT for ESPN in the summertime. And uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, we got a good young team that's trying to learn how to win games. And uh, so far, so good. We've got, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Knight from Wave and Mary. And Nate's coming along in his rookie year. Quite a success story uh, to make it as an undrafted player. Uh, he's one of our two-way guys. And uh, great career, uh, obviously, at Wave and Mary. And I was kidding him the other day. We were we had him on our Zoom call because we're not allowed to to travel or, or be around the team. But I told Nate, I said, you know, you've gone through four coaches in about fifteen months. You know, two at Wave and Mary and two at with the with Atlanta. So, but he's a great kid, and the and the guys love him, and uh, I think he's got a chance. I really do. Yeah, and and also another uh, mid major. Uh, college player here in the Norfolk area and uh, and and had a nice uh, career with the Hawks. Camp uh, Bazemore here at, yeah, uh, totally. here at Old Dominion you know. for about five years. Uh, he he played for the Hawks before he went back uh, west. Yeah, he's at Golden State, back where it all began now. We'll see him here this Sunday. Uh, they okay. come in to play the Hawks. One of the most popular Hawks that we've ever had. Yeah. Uh, everybody loves Kent, as they did at Old Dominion, and right. as they have at, at all his other stops in the NBA. He's carved out a very nice career for himself. You know, I used to kid him all the time. You know, I know where Kelford, North Carolina is, and I've been there. Right. So, right. you know, yeah. you can't fool me. I know exactly where you're from. And, uh, of course, I followed Bays at Old Dominion, and, and when he was on the team yeah. uh, with the Hawks, I would get my daily ODU update. So I kept in close tabs with the ODU Monarch basketball through Kent Bazemore. Right. Yes. Yeah. We also drafted Cal Bowler. You know, he was our oh, first round right. pick several yeah. years ago. So we've right. we've always seemed to have a, a Hampton Roads connection going at some time. Right. Yeah. And uh, and Cal, when uh, let's see, for a season or two, he was he was announcing uh, the Old Dominion games. Uh -huh. You know, but. Uh, but yeah, and and you talk about Nathan Knight uh, and this year's Hawks team. I mean, I know that uh, I know that they were recently at the beginning of March. They were recently on an eight-game winning streak, and they uh, they changed they changed coaches here at the end of uh, February, beginning of March, and 
with uh, growing up as a Sonics fan, with uh, being uh, with being from a military family. Uh, I know that uh, Nate McMillan, a player there for the Sonics, he's he's now leading leading the Hawks here. What uh, Mar- beginning of March? Is that uh-huh. when uh-huh. changeover? So um, yes. Yeah, yeah, Ben McMillan took over another North Carolina product. Right. Yes, that's right. You know, you know. Density State, and right. uh, before he transferred to State, he played at Shawan. Right. And I yeah. told Nate, I said I've been to Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro. too. <laughs> so, right. You can't fool me on Eastern North Carolina. <laughs> that's right. Um, so uh, let's see. So with the so it looks like uh, this year that the NBA is back to playing eighty-two game season, right? Well, actually, we're going to play 72 this year. 72, Uh, okay. We're going to have that play-in tournament again. So the top 10 teams will qualify. The top six advance to the first round. But then there's a play-in tournament for the last two spots for both the East and the West. But next year, we'll be back on track. You know, it's it's interesting that even today, uh, they announced the the date of the draft, the lottery. Uh, So we're starting to get back on our regular schedule after two years of this hodgepodge. But we'll open next year in late October, and we'll be back to an 82-game schedule and top eight make the playoffs, and we're back to normal next year. Right. Fans so, the fans and right. the whole, whole nine so, yards. So, uh, so currently this year, you the announcers cannot cannot travel, and so the road games are there. Uh, we're hoping that maybe as the vaccinations roll out and our arenas become open, uh, that – Maybe by the playoffs, we'll be able to travel and and, uh, go to the playoff games because we're allowed to do the first round and the play-in tournament. So uh, we can televise. I think we'll we'll make it in some fashion. So we'll get a chance to do those games. We're hoping we can travel. Uh, The NBA has been very strict about their restrictions uh, on the bubble and the travel. Uh, it hasn't been a lot of fun, I'll tell you, from the horror stories I've heard. You know, you just can't go anywhere or do anything. You just go to your hotel room, you grab a meal that's uh, room service or something that's been prepared for you, eat it in your room alone, and go get on the bus and go to the game. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. So I'll be happy when we can open back up and we can return to our normal because I, I miss the travel. I miss getting out and, and being with the guys. and That's the fun of this job. But I think we'll be back. You know, the NBA has done an amazing job to complete last season and get this one off the ground and play it like we have with all of our travel and whatnot. And you've seen that uh, many clubs have already started vaccinating their players. So I don't think it's going to be too much longer before we're back to normal in terms of our operation. And then city by city, it'll open up more to get fans. Right. Yes, I see uh, right now the Hawks are at – uh, 500, uh, 23 and 23, and currently the sixth seed in the in the Eastern Conference. So uh, if the season ended today, they would they would not be in that uh, seven through ten seed uh, tournament. <laughs> Correct. Let's keep it that way. Yes, that's right. So uh, let's see. And I know uh, I know your uh, broadcast partner is uh, one that uh, definitely jumped. Jumped out of the gym uh, back in the day. Uh, a longtime uh, Hawks player, number twenty-one, Dominique Dominique Wilkins, and I know that uh, him and Spud Webb and Doc Rivers. I mean, when they when they played for the Hawks, uh, good uh, 
good, good teams there in the Omni, and now and now uh, it's uh, what State State Farm Arena that used to be Phillips Phillips yeah. Arena yeah. is the home of the Hawks. Yeah, Dominic's been our partner for eleven years now, and uh, you know it's funny we've been together through thick and thin. I covered him when he was a high school player. Uh, he grew up in uh, Washington, North Carolina and uh, shocked the world when he went to Georgia instead of going to NC State. And I had not yet moved to Norfolk. Uh, I was still in North Carolina, and my high school team that I covered played his team in the state tournament. And that's so I got to do a game of his in high school. I think it was his junior year. And then I did an Old Dominion Georgia NIT game that he played in at Stegman Coliseum in Athens. And then I got to do him at the tail end of his NBA career after he came back from overseas. So I've got a chance to see Nika all three levels. And right. um, and now he sits next to me every night. And so it's been a great thrill. He was part of a great Hawks run in the 80s. You know, they just could not get past, you know, the Celtics, basically, um, with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and, and that crowd. But Atlanta was very, very good. And the East then was sort of like the West is now. Uh, right. where you just have so many great teams, but you just couldn't, you know, you couldn't get past LeBron. You couldn't get past, you know, Golden State and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So Hawks had some great teams, and they're trying to get back to that. You know, we had a 60-win team here six years ago that was very, very good, very exciting, and we'd like to to get back with these young guys. Yeah, and I and I saw uh, out west uh, Utah. Utah's the, the number one team currently – today and I don't think uh Utah's really really been a a threat in the in the league towards the championship since uh the mailman and John John Stockton were were on the team and coached by Jerry Jerry Sloan. So it's kinda kinda surprising that the um Lakers and the Warriors um weren't weren't at the top of the Western Conference and who's who's the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? Is it the Sixers or are they back strong? Well, I think it's, it's probably Brooklyn as we as we speak today. Uh, they've just loaded up with so much talent. You know, they're winning, and Kevin Durant hadn't played in two weeks, and Kyrie Irving's been taking off games, and Harden missed a game, and and they just keep rolling. They just signed Blake Griffin, so this is a team that's got a ton of firepower, and they're going to be very hard to deal with in the playoffs. But that said, Philadelphia's pretty good, and Milwaukee's very good. You know, those those three teams will probably, you know, decide the Eastern Conference. You know, one of those teams is going to have to play both. You know, uh, whoever, you know, whoever's finished second and third, they're going to have to go through probably Philly and then Brooklyn uh, to to get to the finals. And that's that'd be a tough road to hoe. But uh, a lot of good ball in the East, a lot of clubs that are talented, and uh, good in the West, you know. Um, LeBron and, and Anthony Davis make the Lakers strong. Without them, they're not a good team. Uh, but you've got Utah. Phoenix has been the surprise team in our league. Uh, no one expected them to have a second-best record in basketball because uh, they haven't been in the playoffs in a long, long time, but uh, Chris Paul coming over has really changed the dynamic in Phoenix. And then you've got you know the Clippers and the Lakers, et cetera. So Denver, I think, is very good. Getting, getting uh, Aaron Gordon from Orlando – uh, is going to make them a very tough out in the playoffs. So a lot of good ball. Playoffs are going to be very exciting. And I don't think that fans have 
really come to grasp with the calendar yet because, you know, this time of year, everything is running normally. You know, March Madness, we're going to have a champion next Monday night. Uh, the Masters will come the week after that. Major League Baseball is going to start on time on, on Thursday. But we still have six weeks to go in the regular season. We're going to be playing regular season basketball till the middle of May. And the play-in tournament, not until like the 23rd, 4th, 5th, somewhere in there. And by Memorial Day, that's when the playoffs are going to start. So we've got a lot of uh, basketball yet to be played. And uh, people are going to say, well, man, about time for the NBA playoffs. Well, no, we got to wait a while for them to get started. Yeah, yes. I looked at the uh, Hawks schedule to see when um, to see when the season wrapped up, because usually usually the season wraps up um, in normal times around the around the end of April. But I but I saw that it uh, it goes to the middle of May middle of May this year, and I uh, forgot about that uh, that playing playing tournament mm -hmm. to determine determine the last two series two, two seeds that should be uh that should be exciting exciting time once uh march madness and the uh opening day of baseball and the masters uh gets passed then everybody can focus down to the uh stretch run of the nba regular season no question it's, uh, it's gonna be exciting time. yes and and as we as we wrap up uh Let's see. Uh, the W WNBA is that's um, with the Atlanta team. Are you involved with the WNBA team there in Atlanta as well? Not anymore. I did that for ten years, uh, but I don't do them anymore. They will be back, and they're going to gear up sometime in May. I don't think I've seen a WNBA schedule yet, but yeah, they'll be back. You know, last year they played in the bubble uh, right. to get their season in. But uh, they'll be back, and uh, they play where our G League team plays, right down by the airport. Okay, all right, and uh, let's see. In the in the G League uh, team, that's when you said a uh, Nathan Knight two way player. That's where that's where he started before he got called up to the Hawks, right? Well, now he's been with us all year. Uh, oh, we did okay. not feel the G League team. Um, oh, okay. there were several clubs that did not, and we were one of them. Okay. So they they're just on hold. They'll come back next year, right? Um, okay, with you know, everything maybe, that's going on, you yeah. know, if he doesn't make the varsity, he'll be down there to uh, to play in the G League, right? Well, hey, uh, Bob, uh, thanks for your time. And as and as wrapping up here, we have the Elite Eight uh, starting uh, starting tonight. Any any thoughts on uh, the um, college basketball tournament? Uh, they're all playing for second place. Gonzaga will be your champion, and they will be unbeaten, and they are outstanding. They got all the pieces, and they're just rolling. And, uh, you know, you see so many of these teams kind of get a little tight, have a hard time scoring. That's not Gonzaga's problem. They got they got so many guys that can fill it up. Uh, they, they should just go march right through to the championship. I'd love to see a Baylor – Gonzaga final. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, especially since uh, it didn't didn't happen in the regular season. It would certainly uh, yeah would have nice. yeah. <laughs> and uh, kind of interesting if Gonzaga does does cut the nets down next Monday. It's been forty five years since the last time we 
we had an undefeated team with uh, with IU and uh, Bobby Knight's team. That's right. And, and that Final Four, too, undefeated teams made it to the Final Four. And the other was Rutgers. And the head coach of Rutgers was Tom Young, who later coached Old Dominion. Oh, uh, and, hey, another uh, another Old yeah. Dominion connection. <laughs> right. That's right. So, but, uh, all right, Bob. Well, hey, uh, good luck. Good luck to the Hawks, and uh, glad to see uh, Nathan Knight uh, doing well. I know that uh, I certainly uh, certainly saw him play for uh, play for William and Mary, and glad to glad to see that he's contributing uh, to the Hawks. I see that uh, De- DeAndre Hunter from UVA uh-huh. is also on the t- and uh, Trey Young. So definitely definitely young young team that Nate M- Nate McMillan has. No question. Got a long way to go. Yes. So, but uh, all right, fans. Well, hey, today's uh, today's episode. We had uh, Bob Bob Rathbun and uh, talked about his uh, connection here to uh, Norfolk Sports and uh, and also his time his time with the Atlanta Hawks and covering ACC basketball. So, thanks again for your time, Bob. You are welcome. Yes. And um, all right, so that that is it for episode ten. All right, okay. Goodbye. Okay. Bye bye.